watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. You're listening to 40 and 20, the Watch Clicker podcast with your hosts, Andrew and my good friend Everett. Here we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Everett, how are you? You know, I'm here. You've made it. I've made it. I'm here. I'm not going to say much more than that because I, I just really can't admit to much more than that at this point. Uh, I've got some sort of non-COVID. It's probably monkeypox. Upper respiratory infection. <clears throat> so that's been my week. It's a little rough. It's a little rough. I'm managing. I'm pulling through. Uh, but yeah, good. Good. Andrew, how are you? I'm good. I'm kind of, I'm on that um, kind of like early in the COVID thing, kind of fear cliff. A lot of people that I uh, am, am frequently around have gone down to the COVID or other ailments. And it's kind of one of those things where I'm just waiting for it to happen to me. Yeah. I mean, you among them. Like, well, you don't have COVID, but you're still sick. And I don't like getting sick. Yeah. But other than that, I'm good. We've had good weather. Yeah, the weather's been great. Doing yard work, and we're drinking Topo Chico hard seltzer, strawberry, just strawberry guava. Yeah, for this round, I don't know what else is up in the in the box, but these are delightful. Delightful. These are good summer beverages, and today felt like summer. It's like eighty degrees, sunny. Yeah, it's seventy five degrees. Seventy five degrees today when I went on my run, which is like felt like summer. Yeah, I I did a bicycle ride this morning. On, it's, I mean, I don't know how tall the Butte is. Spencer's Butte. Or Skinner's Butte. I don't remember which one's in town. Skinner's Butte. I don't know how tall it is. It's only a few hundred feet. But I did it on a bike. It's not meant for that steep of climbing, nor is it sized for me. And it's 15 years old, so it's very heavy. It's poorly maintained. And I did it while weighed down. And I got to the top, and I was like, fuck everything. Just everything. I'm still <laughs> cooling down from that because it was probably 70 degrees when we're doing it. Like That's too hot. Yeah. It's too hot to be doing that in all my stuff. This was like a police. Yeah. And it was for no reason. It was like one of those, well, this is part of the certification. I'm like, why? Why is that part of the certification? Well, because it is. Does it serve any purpose? Well, we, everyone does it. Do I have to? <laughs> yes. Why? Because everyone does it. Like, nope, that's not an answer. And I did it because everyone does it, though it's not a requirement. It, it was uh, stupid shit for stupid shit's sake pisses me off. Seems like you're going to be okay, though. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to be grumpy about it forever. And I'm never, everyone's like, oh, I did it. I'm like, well, yeah, because you, you were made to do it. Not, like, with no purpose. Doing stupid shit for stupid shit's sake is stupid. You were in the army, Andrew. I know. And that's why I hate it so much. Because like, well, we, that's, there's no good reason to be cutting grass with scissors. There's no good reason to be hand painting rocks. There's just no good reason in the world to be doing those things. If you just want to waste my time, waste my time. Or do me the courtesy of telling me that it's to waste my time. Have we ever told the white spot story on the podcast? I'm unsure. So this is legend in the army and it varies from post to post and m many different people tell this on many different posts. Uh, and, and so it's one of these stories that maybe was true at some point, but almost certainly has been mythologized. But there's this story of the private who is driving home from a painting detail one day oh, yeah. and drops a bucket of white paint out of the back of his car truck 
on some back army post road. And instead of cleaning it up, because it's impossible to clean paint up on the road, paints it into a perfect circle. And then comes back to that post 20 years later for his retirement ceremony and drives along that road and there's still a perfectly maintained white spot in that place. That is... That's... Yeah. That is... That story exemplifies any sort of service. Right? Mm-hmm. We do this because we do this. There is no reason. No one knows why it exists. No one knows why we continue to do it. It serves no function, rhyme, reason, or purpose, but we do it because... We do it because we do it. Yeah. And Andrew, we're talking about watches today. We are. We're going to... We got a good lineup of stuff. Some cool stuff has happened in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's right. We're we're going to talk about we're going to talk about all the fun things that have happened in watches in the last 2 or 3 weeks. Not all the Maybe fun things. Maybe not all of them. But some of the fun things. Some of the things that we found most fun. Yeah, cuz it's our show. Mhm. We got to talk about the things we want to talk about. Yes, indeed. Can we start with the only thing that stands out from the rest. Can we? Yeah. Let's do it. Fortis. A space tested automatic chronomat- chronograph movement. Now, I don't know if being space tested is especially relevant. Or, I mean, I think it, it adds a cool X factor. So, you do the thing where you jump into the story before you've said the story. So, Fortis announced this week. I told, I told the story. I made the announcement. That they've... They're going to, they have not yet, they have not yet, but they are going to release their Work 17 automatic chronograph watch movement, which has, which will be the first ever space tested, actually space tested automatic movement. What? I'm not sure if that's important. It just adds to the cool factor and it adds to the Fortis cool factor. I mean, Fortis is doing this really like needlessly cool stuff for no reason other yeah. than that it's really cool and i think maybe that's the that's the the hook here is like hey we actually tested the shit in space okay <laughs> like that i mean neat but neat though this is exciting this is i mean i don't know the last time we saw a truly new automatic chronograph movement nothing's hitting the top of my head quickly well you know i mean these get iterated on all, all the time but you you know i i think you kind of nailed it like what what does this do what does it mean and and i don't know the answer to that it'd be it'd be interesting to see something a little bit more detailed um you, you know what are the parameters here what are the environmental things happening uh, but certainly they sent a bunch of watches up they, this this movement hasn't been put in a watch yet, right? But they sent a mm-hmm. bunch of movements up on a on a hot air balloon, is what it is, right? Yeah, well, in a gondola, like <laughs> in a, into a weather. I mean, they put it up in a weather balloon into the stratosphere with uh, the help of the Swedish. Yeah, and they landed in a Swedish forest, I think. Yeah, well, that would finish forest. That would track. <laughs> I don't know if you can. I mean, you can predict the landing of a weather balloon, but. I don't know how well. Finish forest. Uh, 90 minutes of exposure to the upper stratosphere. At the edge of outer space, the movement survived a full descent and landing in a finished forest. 
So these are cool movements. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, it, it's a it's an automatic chronograph. I, I don't know what else to say about it. Six nine twelve movement. Uh, I'm sure it looks like a chunk, which you'd expect, but just from movement photos, I'm like, Ooh, that's a, that's a big bitch. 60 hour power reserve. I yeah. mean, it's a full on automatic movement. Yeah. It's cool. And, and just for cool sake. And I think maybe that's enough for me. It's a space tested for no other reason than testing it in space. Which is more than you can say. Most movements are tested underwater, so maybe there's something there. Right. But that's cool. It's the first ever movement to be tested in space. Yeah, for cool sake. Cool for cool sake. Can we talk about Seiko? I think we're going to talk a lot about Seiko because this is a brand that does not test its movements in space. Mm-mm. <laughs> Mm-mm. They do not. So a couple of interesting Seikos came out uh, or were announced the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. The first one, you actually sent this to me, um, a, a new slate of cocktail time. And yes, I did. And I, I'm sure you weren't unawares, but the the new cocktail ki- time, cocktail time. Cocktail time? Cocktail time? I don't know. Yeah, three uh, new cocktail time yeah, watches. Three new. And these are, you know, the the cocktail times that you have come to expect and are familiar with, with some upgrades, some updates, some new colorways. My absolute favorite is this kind of gunmetal, which shouldn't be shocking, this kind of gunmetal-y gray with the same, I mean, I don't know what kind of texture I want to call that. It's not concentric circles. It's kind of wove, like basket woven texture on it. Sure. Yeah, I'd, I don't know if I'd call it basket woven something. It's, it's a nice texture, though. Yeah, it's a, it's a good, it's good enough. It's, a, it's, a little, it's, it's, it's the most expensive of them. But we've got a uh, sunburst. Kind of a reversed sunburst blue, right? going from real light, almost white, to a good navy, almost like an ombre or yeah, right. And that gray and a kind of chocolatey brown. I don't know if bronze is the right word. Gilt. I think we'll just go with like a dark gilt. Yeah, with like kind of rose goldy. So notably, three new so mm-hmm. three three new cocktail times. These are the presage cocktail times. So right. these are the four R movements, not a six R movement like the like the classic cocktail times. I do like the the bracelet that comes on these. Mm-hmm. So they do appear to be a hollow end link bracelet, which for five hundred bucks. These are all coming in around five hundred bucks. Kind of makes sense. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'd like a solid end link, but you're not gonna get that out of most Seikos at this price point. Unless you're getting the the alpinist decorated rotor on these, um, yeah, I do. I do like. Uh, I do like the dials on these on all of them, mm-hmm. and that's that's kind of par for the course in the in the cocktail time world. Yeah, sort of like a rose turned guilloche. Yes, that's what I think is maybe more appropriate. Rose turned, even though if you really zoom in on it, it's it's yeah. I don't know, it's kind of basket 
weave rose turn. I don't know. It's an interesting texture that I like. That's subtle without like a, a macro zoom, which I don't have in my normal eyeballs, so it's not really. <laughs> you don't have the macro yeah. zoom eyeballs installed? No. But yeah, I mean, this is exciting. This is cool. This is, I, I, I'm not sure I was lamenting that there weren't updates or new releases to this line, but I'm pleased that there are. You know, I think that these are going to be sort of in Seiko's regular rotation mm-hmm. for for new releases. You, you know, it seems like every year they come out with a handful of new ones. And I think it's a great, you know, at 39 and a half millimeters, these feel a little dated to me at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, a dang near 40 millimeter dress watch in 2015, 2016, as I was getting into watches, these felt a little big. Yeah. And as time goes on, I think they get increasingly bigger. So it'll be interesting to see um, if Seiko rides that cocktail time out at 39 and a half millimeters. I'd like to see a reduction. I know. I think we, we would all expect it to see a reduction. I think a 36 would be a cool addition. <laughs> we'll see. We just call it cocktail hour as opposed to cocktail time. Andrew's on the everything 36. Everything 36. Um or, so, just a, or even down to just a 39. Another set of Seikos. Yeah. Uh, another set of Seikos. You also sent these to me. Uh, Seikos uh, continuing to iterate on its, what are they calling this? The Black Series? Mm-hmm. The Black Series. Uh, yeah, these, uh, so three new watches, all sort of a green, black, PVD-coated, We've got a new turtle, a mm-hmm. new samurai, and then the new mid-sized solar diver. Uh, Which needs a cool nickname. I think it's the mid-sized solar diver. <laughs> it's, it needs a better nickname than yeah. that. So we got three. We got three new watches that all very, very similar colorways, uh, like sort of a very dark drab dial, and notably, all of the photos that you'll find of these. The loom is popping. Bright green popping loom. Mm-hmm. I just can't imagine that in real life this is how they look. But it's Seiko, so you sort of want to believe it. Perhaps, yeah. On all the press photos we see of these, the loom is permaglowing. It's, I mean, I think it's the Luma Bright. I mean, it's it's going to be a green pad. I think even without, without glow, we're going to see a green loom plot. Yeah, maybe maybe it's an extra green plot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like these. I like these. Uh, they're sort of tactical. I think mm-hmm. these will attract the tactical consumer. I'm not sure the murdered outlook is for me. Yeah, I'm kind of wondering how long the Black Series is going to last and how well it's playing. Like if if they're just throwing some shit at the wall to see if it plays. And if it plays, they'll stick with it. But I'm, I wonder how long these are going to stick around. The, I mean, they, they uh, seven thousand units isn't exactly a limited run. Yeah, but well, it, it's Seiko limited. Seiko limited, right? So yeah. they're they're dropping seven thousand units of this uh, tortoise and eight thousand of the samurai and six thousand. Of the mid-size solar divers. 
so it's fairly limited for Seiko, which is kind of a throw it at the wall run, which for any other non Seiko sized brand is significant. I mean, that's more than Rolex produced of their entire catalog this year. So, you know, there's something to be said for it. I'm kind of wondering how they're going to play. Like if we're going to see what we're going to see next in the black series. Am I, am I seeing right? 650 euros for the solar, for mm -hmm. the midsize solar. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, right. So that's what eight, uh, seven hundred fifty. Because I think the automatic bucks. turtle, the automatic turtle is only six hundred euro, five hundred ninety euro. Yeah, it's interesting that they've got that midsize diver price so much higher. That's because it comes on a bracelet. The the tortoise is on a canvas strap. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just, I mean, I I'm interested to see where this black series goes. I think it's a cool thought. And I think it's Seiko tapping into the tactical market and seeing brands like Sangin and and these other kind of tactical brands really capitalizing on that market segment and trying to get their feet back under a minute. You know, I don't know if this is anything new, but, um, it, you know, it, I don't know that they're tapping into it. it is is a new thing. It seems like they've been doing this for a while, but at at those kind of numbers... I think Seiko could just infinitely make watches. So yeah. whatever they want to do, right? Yeah. But anyway, there'll be a link to those in the show notes. You can check them out. Yeah, uh, they're cool. I mean, I, they're not for me, not by a long shot. I wouldn't ever buy one. If you gave me one, I'd be pleased with it, I'm sure. <laughs> but I wouldn't, not not for my money, cool as they might be. Can we talk about a watch I am excited about? Mm, I'm not sure. So Hamilton announced oh, yeah. a new Frogman diver. The answer is yes. This week. So the Hamilton Khaki Navy Frogman is a watch with some history. Um, About as much history as a watch can have. Oh. <laughs> so Hamilton's introduced uh, this a new iteration of the Khaki Navy Frogman watch. And this thing is, uh, I think it's kind of like anti-trend we talked about micro trends watch trends last week i feel like this watch is a little anti-watch trend and i'm i'm kind of here for it so it's a 46 millimeter 13 and a half millimeter thick scuba diving watch is what it is yeah we got no bullshit no bullshit big ass unapologetically big 300 meter dive watch with crown guards for its crown guards mm -hmm. yeah with a full <laughs> like a panerai crown guard that's right and i i fucking love this thing man um it's huge and i and i'm and i want it you know what's most interesting to me is is the, the it seems like they almost created two, like they could have made this two iterations with the, with the DLC and the stainless. I think if they'd have gone with a, uh, a texture free dial on the steel model, mm. it would have been two wholly different watches that would have really captured the entire target audience. I'm not a big fan of the textured dial. And I know we were just talking about cocktail time where I liked textured dial, but I don't like most sand textured yeah. dials. It's interesting. You know, the pictures of this, I'm a little, I'm kind of curious how it looks in person because 
Sometimes the sand texture dials look better in person than they do in pictures. I actually think the photos of this look great. I love the handset. Mm-hmm. I love the font on the bezel. The whole thing's huge. I think this is a cool watch. The crown guard's dope. Yeah, it's like it's a cage. Uh, it's a crown cage. Yeah, crown crown guards. Crown guards for your crown guards. Yeah, it's it's a cool release. It's a cool update on a cool historic watch. I'm for it. I agree with you. Barring the textured dial. You know, the other thing is these are, I want to say 1300 bucks. Uh, the, yeah, from a, from 12 to 1300, I I imagine the difference is going to be in a bracelet, which is in the range of afford. I mean, that's not an affordable watch, but it's in the range of affordable for a prospect out. That's right. Automatic dive watch, like full dive watch. Yeah, I mean, 300 meters of water resistance. And I think they've got H10 movements, so yeah, ADR powers are a full meal deal. All the bells and whistles, cool scuba diver case back, like the 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 very traditional Frogman scuba kit mask on the case back. A cool heritage watch that's been really well updated. Yeah, boy. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about one that that I. Didn't really see coming, and uh, I've I've looked at it now several times and kind of have feeling some things. It's a new Nomos watch. Oh yeah, the Tetra Neomatique. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the Tetra Neomatic's not new. They've just released the it's, the Neomatic in four new colorways. Exactly in the new colorways. And when I first saw it, I was like, "Ah, well, you're just you're just bandwagoning it. This is what everyone's doing." But I gotta say, the the red is doing it for me. So they released Nomos released. Four new colors for the Neomatic. This is the 33 millimeter square. Exactly. Square Neomatic. Uh, and, and they put new movements in it. They put the their in-house DW, DUW 3001 in this thing. Red, blue, black, and off-white. Very Easter color. Not pastels, but just like very bright vibrant which i think is maybe the difference that we're seeing from what what a lot of other brands are dropping in these kind of pastel-y flavors we're seeing really bold uh primary colors in this in this blue and this red yeah both the black both the black and the white dial feel very nomos to me super yeah nomos has a really unique and recognizable design language that's right the the blue and the red are a little bit different, I think. And the red is doing it for me. Every time I've looked at it, I'm like, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Some new movement, new colors, a- another cool update. Here's the problem. 175 pieces each and 3800 bucks. Yeah, they're, I mean, I, I think that they're priced what you'd expect for an in-house Nomos movement. With um, a super limited run and yeah. 
yeah. For some reason, in my head, I always have Nomos as this like just slightly reach brand, like in that zone between, like in that zone south of attainable Omegas, and they're not. I don't they're, know. I think they they they're, are there. They're expensive. I think that they are there, but you you know you you think Nomos is one of these brands that. Um, I, I think some people have some things to say about Nomos, but Nomos is essentially a startup 20 years ago, right? Mm-hmm. And they've sort of established themselves as a Glashuto watch brand in, you know, in, in, yeah. in the late stages of watchmaking and no, and, and people take for granted at this point, Nomos lineage, um, they do everything in this. Wow, I'm making so much noise. Yeah, you're you're really ruining it. Uh, they do everything in this uncompromising way, but also in a with fresh designs. And I I really love Nomos, Nomos as a company. And I think in order to have nice things, we've got to appreciate companies like Nomos. So. Well, we got to have nice things, right? I mean. That's that's sort of it. We we piss and moan that watches are too expensive, or you know, th- is this brand really worth this amount of money? And and the fact of the matter is, if they say it's worth that amount of money, and people continue to buy it at that amount of money, yes, it's worth that amount of money. And we need brands that are charging the right amount against the quality they're putting out to have nice things. If that made sense. Uh, you know, I'll have to listen to it on edit because. As I sit here now, it's hard to say. We don't have nice things unless people are making nice things and people are buying said nice things. Can we talk about another company with an interesting legacy also introducing a watch this week with an in-house movement? Mm, Yes. A little bit more attainable. A little bit more attainable. A company that we know and love from the olden days of this show... Orient has introduced oh. a new 38 and a half millimeter Bambino. And yeah, they sure have. Don't you feel like this is deja vu? Didn't Orient introduce a 38 and a half millimeter Bambino a few years ago and it just never happened? Yeah. Or a 36 millimeter Bambino? I feel like they uh, teased that they were going to and then it didn't happen. I could be wrong. I have yet to find these for sale anywhere. But we are seeing monochrome, time and tide. Everyone agrees that it's happening. Everybody agrees that Orient is releasing a 38.5 millimeter Bambino see-through case back with the in-house whatever FE movement. The the, uh, F6724. You've got an off-white dial, a white dial, a black dial, and a completely plated white dial Mm -hmm. this looks great i mean it just looks like exactly it looks like oh 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 20 millimeter lugs finally 20 millimeter it's i mean finally this this could be orient's biggest hit the only problem is they're 10 years late to dropping this in 38 and they should be dropping it at like 34 to 36 right now. <laughs> yes. Maybe. I but don't know. their lugs are the right size. 38.4. I, I think I think I could wear this thing today. I th- I think you're right. The pr- it's 
these wear big. These wear like manhole cover big because of the it's dome. All dial. Well, it's all dial, but because of that big ass dome on the crystal, it feels bigger. And it's like any Christopher Ward that you put on. You could put on a, you know, I, I think the C sixty three is a thirty nine millimeter case, and it looks like a manhole cover because it grabs so much light and it's so legible. There's so much dial there to be seen. You're like, man, this has to be a forty eight. Sure. And that that optical illusion, it's comfortable like a 39. It wears like a 39, but it looks much bigger. Yeah. And in a dress watch, I don't I don't particularly want that illusion of size. I think a 38 is still a little bit too big for this design, though it is a drastic improvement from the previous 41 and some change with 21 millimeter lugs. Yeah, I think these look really promising. This is maybe Orient moving in the right direction and getting all the components right. We're seeing these listed at 275 euro and 295 euro for the gilt models. I suspect these will have a street value of something closer to 150 to 200. I'd expect so once they stabilize and, and they're available globally. Really lightly decorated rotors. I mean, this is a really beautiful this is a beautiful watch i'm personally probably most high on the plain white dial plain steel hands simple three hand it does have a very very tiny date window mm-hmm. uh yeah I, I mean i really think they did not orient this at all Mm-mm. this has been just well done the off-white slash cream with the kind of blued Hands is really what's doing it for me. Yeah. Part of it's that convex dial, too. Like, there's just a lot of things that make this watch optically seem much bigger than it is. I think at under 200 bucks, though. You're I mean, not going to. This could be the under under $200 dress watch of the year. Yeah. It may, might be the only one. Yeah. Right? But <laughs> it, is but the, it's, it's, it is the under yeah. 200 dress watch of the year. Which is an important category to fill, and it'd be neat if somebody else could enter that space but the bambino is just kind of an untoppable you know we don't talk about this movement very often because orient's the only one that gets to use it but the f62724 f6724 movement pretty pretty thin movement hacking Mm -hmm. hand winding i mean this is if orient sold this to the world i think it would be a pretty popular movement but their operation is so small that they that they just don't but and it's got a 40 hour power reserve yeah, they all <laughs> nobody cares it's, it's 360 like i don't know i i don't know if i need an automatic movement in a dress watch because i'm going to wind it for the day that i wear it and then yeah. put it away until the next time i wear it yeah well that that's, a, that's a, you know it's a it's a thing right because this watch so we do have 12 and a half millimeter thickness you know you think maybe if this was a hand winder we could get that under 12 probably but also i, I wonder if they're including the crystal in that yeah because the crystal's a it's it's half the height of a case. What else you got, Andrew? Ooh, I also have. Where is it? Where is it? This is a cool trend that we've now seen a couple of this year. In the way of a full loomed dial, so the Yema Superman with full loomed 
dial. Now, what do you think of these watches, Yima? So, Yima, French brand that's been sort of in the game now for a few years. I've not had hands on. I don't think you have either. Mm -mm. I haven't had hands on any of them. I, I, I sort of, I get the impression that they're about on par with Aviate, with Spinnaker, with mass produced. Not exactly small brand, but not exactly big brand. I think there will probably, and this is just my assumption, with no nothing to back it up beyond what I see in their catalog. My assumption is that they're going to be perfectly inoffensive, not noteworthy watches. You know, when I think of Yima, I think of a lot of quality control things that we've read about. Mm-hmm. Folks messaging us or or seek posts we've read. Um I think that there's a that there's maybe some quality control issues going on there. We're not exactly cheap, right? I mean, Yema's starting in like the $500, $600 mm-hmm. range and going up to much more expensive than that. These Superman, I think these are like $1,000 watches. And I think... 1,000 euros, yeah. I mean... It, it's an attractive watch. It is. It's kind of... It's very tool watchy. It's not kind of tool watchy. It's very tool watchy. But that Three is Three link sort of oyster, kind of a subby case. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. But it's the full loom dial that gets me excited. Because I'd like to see more full loomed dive watches. And we're moving away from dive watches as the hot item and as as the the go-to design for every single new brand. In part, I think, because the style is trending away from them. You know, the market desire is trending away from dive watches. But I think that we could see a resurgence if we if we see a couple brands dropping some full loom dive watches or even some full loom pilot watches because that's a super functional characteristic in a in a in a pilot's watch i want some full loom i want a full loom dial watch and i want some more options to choose from but i'm excited about it i'm 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 hoping that a brand like yama yuma yama yuma e510 day yuma yeah i'm hoping that seeing a, a brand like this means that it's getting a little bit of traction in the design circles and that we might see some more. But I'm excited because I think it looks really good. Yeah, these are fun. That's Yeah, they're fun. And I'm, you could probably buy one, unlike the Moon's Watch, which is the most fun watch of the year. <laughs> so we've, uh, well, okay, two two things we should talk about quickly. So Time and Tide is Time and Tide is reporting um, that that the or I guess they're cross-reporting Bloomberg reporting that the Rolex scarcity is extending to mm. periphery brands, mm-hmm. Cartier, Tudor in particular, Breitling, everyone, Chopard. So we're seeing, while in the last two months, 
prices on in demand. The most in demand watches are maybe dropping, coming down a little bit. Um, watch prices on brands that have regularly been available are going up as the availability of watches, Tudor chronographs. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of these watches that you've been able to buy, um, things are tightening up at that next at that next level. I don't know what that means. Probably nothing for me. Um, but, but it's significant. There's something that's happening. Yeah. And I, and I this is this isn't just specific to watches. This is specific to truly luxury goods. I have a friend who's a big cigar purchaser. Now he doesn't just buy big cigars, but he buys many in in grand volume. And he's seeing on the order of 100 times price increases. Things that used to be seven to ten dollars are in the hundreds of dollars now. I mean, he's he's seeing like not overnight, and it but it wasn't incremental. Rapid price increases on things that were otherwise very easily attainable, and I'm wondering if we're gonna see this as a ripple effect through the entire industry or if we're going to see this exclusive to to the watch industry right down to even our even even our small brands our independent brands or if this is going to be localized to big luxury brands and if we see just a huge disparity between accessible independent brands and frankly swiss brands yeah, I mean, I'd be shocked if it extended to like micro brands, for instance. It just doesn't make it would it doesn't make any sense. People don't know about these brands, so no. But I mean, how much of it is in the logistics and, and in manufacturing costs that that are, the costs are being passed on to consumers? Well, we're gonna see that. I mean, we're gonna see manufacturing costs continue to rise. I think that's yeah. But I'm wondering how much we're seeing out of the Swiss world because of that versus they're seeing the demand there and they're just capitalizing on the opportunity you know chris vale uh owner of nth watches has written recently on his watch you seek thread um about the feasibility feasibility of american watchmaking in relation to chinese watchmaking and how chinese watching watch prices continue to go up relative to American watch prices and how at some point the consumer value for buyers, particularly in the United States, is going to be there where we're going to see comparable prices for manufacturing in China versus the United States. Maybe not, maybe not one-to-one, but there's a thing happening right now with in particular Chinese manufacturing prices going up. I hope that spurs on American manufacturing to be able to take on the the burden. What's next? I got one more. This has been on our list a couple times now. Yeah, throw it up. So <laughs> a handful of weeks ago, our friend Tony reposted, Tony at Riscatement mm-hmm. reposted a... A, 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 a post 
There's a fella named Bartos Sichanowski, I think. That's how I'm going to say it, too. Uh, there's a, there's Bartosz. A, Bartosz Sichanowski. He's got a website. It's Sichanow.ski. I guarantee you there will be a link in the show notes because you're not going to be able to spell that from my description. But this guy just posts on cool... He has a blog about cool technical things. And he made a post about how a mechanical watch movement works. Yeah. And we've had this on our list before and we didn't get to it. But this is really, really incredible. So this made the rounds, I don't know, about a month ago. Yeah, about. And it was one of those things that you maybe you saw it and you clicked on it and you read it and you know exactly what we're talking about. If you didn't. If you didn't, if you did see it and you didn't click and you're hearing about it again, stop what you're doing, go to the show notes, click on this thing and go through it. Mm -hmm. If this is the first you're ever hearing about it, same. Stop what you're doing, go click on the link and just go through this. This thing is freaking incredible. The the animation, the technical writing, the accessibility (laughs) of the technical writing, it's money. It's it, it it does it all. Even if you already know, it's good yeah. to look at it and be like, oh, cool. You know, we've talked about this stuff on this show a number of times, and we've read about it, and we've talked about these things. But I have never... I So, so just to sort of walk you through uh, a, a little bit. Right now, I am looking at an infographic. There's, I think, probably like 60 interactive infographics on mm-hmm. this thing. Right now, I am pulling a slider to the right and left. And what this slider is doing is winding up the arbor, which turns the mainspring, which, once I release it, initiates the gears, the, the second, third, and fourth gear, and turns the second hand, and I can watch it happen. It, it takes about six seconds for it to unwind. And as you move down the post, it introduces the escapement and shows you how that interacts. And, and you why. Get, <laughs> that's right. And so you, and you get interactives for each of those with these sort of physics, uh, these, this built-in physics to these sliders. This thing's incredible. It is. And I like it. And I don't know how we haven't talked about it yet, though we've looked at it several times. This is the coolest thing in watches right now, right? Perhaps, yeah. And this isn't even, it's not even like a watch-specific website. No, it's just a nerd. (laughs) Who does nerdy things and knows how they work. Yeah. And puts a, a totally obscene amount of time into it. Yeah. Just these graphics alone would take me months. I mean, you've got to figure this is like this could be like a, a you know, graduate or undergraduate level final project. Yeah, just that page, fifteen minutes of content. Yeah, worth it. That's it, Andrew. Other things. What do you got? I have a kind of a lame other thing, but it's been a bit of a lifesaver. We have dogs and kids and a a residence. And dogs and kids destroy 
Soft surfaces. Everything. They, they destroy everything. Everything is snotty, drooly, covered in boogers, mud, and other unknown... Other things we like. Yeah. Other just unknowns. Like, what's that stain? It could be anything. So, several months ago, we got a true carpet cleaner. Like, rather than renting it. Because the only other times we've ever used a carpet cleaner or when we were moving out of an apartment or a house and had to shampoo the carpets. And we're like, well, we've been doing this to rentals for a long time. Why don't we do it to the things that we own? So we got a Bissell Turbo Clean Dual Pro Pet Carpet Cleaner. The, I don't know why it's the pet but it has a, I expect they all probably have this as a little hose with an upholstery attachment. And you can upholster, you can hose all your things. So for those of you who are somehow unfamiliar with a carpet cleaner, it's a wet vacuum. With like an extractor. With an extractor, yeah. So it's got its two tanks. It's got its main, it's, it's got its main basin that you put your, uh, your solvent or whatever cleaning solution you're going to use into it mixed with water. And Bissell makes a whole variety of different application cleaners, like for odors and stains and stuff. And I gotta say, it is a game changer. It sits in our closet, and then like you finally look at your cla- your couch, and you're like, God, that thing is a, that's a crime scene. I cannot have one, I can't even have people I, I live with in this house without this couch being clean. Break it out. Super easy fill process, super easy drain process, 15 minutes to clean your whole couch, a couple hours to dry it out with a fan running. And it's like that couch is brand new. The The upholstery brush on it does a really good job to get out dog hair and chocolate stains and God knows what stains. And we have a hound and hounds have little barbs at the end of their each of their hairs that stick onto things like I, the worst splinters that I get are my dog's hair because it, it penetrates your skin. It sticks in there and it hurts and organic sure. material in your skin really hurts. It gets hound hair out of upholstery, like out of my couch surface, hound hair gone. All the kid stains, boogers, snot, who knows what else. It's like it's brand new. Would it be usable in the car? We just used it in the car. Kid had an accident. Pee all over. Pee like above the waist level somehow all <laughs> over. Uh, Sam hit the car, hit the hit the booster seat, all of it. She now has to do the other seats because of how clean that section is that she did. Yeah. She's like, well, that's was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> so now has to do the rest of her back seat. It is money it's it's a little bit bigger than your standard vacuum but marginally what's the value proposition on this it's 165 bucks oh shit it's next to nothing and then you buy your cleaning solvents for like what eight bucks so the the investment is next to nothing against the cleaning that you're getting out of it and the satisfaction of looking at your stuff and it being clean again yeah carpets rugs furniture all of it I I, I kind of thought it was a ridiculous purchase until the first time we used it, and I was like, oh, no, I get it. 
Yeah. I get it. It makes perfect sense. You know, uh, you'll have to check back in on this because I think the concern with something like this would be durability, right? If you rent one from Home Depot or whatever, you know it's going to work. And if it doesn't work, what, you're going to so, take it back and say this doesn't work. And they're going to say, oh, we're sorry. And they're going to give you a different one. So your rental's what, 30 bucks for mm-hmm. the day? For I've, We've used ours enough times to have bought it. Already. Already. In the year. Yeah. Because it's got the hose. Like, you don't have to fill the basin up all the way. You can just do it on the vomit stain on your ottoman. Right. <laughs> or, or just a quick rip through your car. Like, yeah. it, I find myself in a position where I'm like, oh, I'll just, I'll just carpet clean it out. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. The convenience of having it. And, and you're not having to go to Walmart or Home Depot or Lowe's or wherever and get the one that, like, the meth head has just returned right because he cleaned up a murder scene in his rv right. you don't want that like they're they're not <laughs> disinfecting these things the soap isn't necessarily a disinfectant i know what mine is cleaned up i'm comfortable with that thing being potentially reintroduced to my couch it's still vomit but it's my vomit exactly it's my kids vomit so, or maybe mine i don't know that's like i can usually get to get to a, a an acceptable receptacle but uh acceptable receptacle that's good thank you uh, yeah, this is, and it's a, it's a weird, I'm very pleased that we made a purchase. What you got? Andrew, do you subscribe to Apple Arcade? No. Okay. So I'm going to, so first of all, I think I'm going to eliminate some of our users right now by talking about a game that I think is only available on Apple. And then I'm going to alienate some more folks by way of talking about a game that's only available via Apple Arcade. So I... So to the 90% of you listening that this applies to, enjoy. (laughs) (laughs) I lament the trend in games right now, which is sort of, uh, what what do you call it? Freemium content? I hate freemium content and I totally buy into it and I spend money on games. It bugs me. I, 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 I would rather pay a developer to do the front end work Mm -hmm. and then to purchase a complete package, right? Something that is, you know, like the old school NES game, right? This is the game and we've made it as good as it's going to be. And you, we're not going to tease you with additional purchases. You're not going to get better by spending money. Yes, exactly. So, uh, I think that, that the, current game is all about spending money as you go pay to play Mm -hmm. and i lament that so i pay for a subscription service through apple i can't remember how much it is but it's like five bucks a month but i get all uh, unlimited access to these games on the apple arcade and i found a game a uruguayan uruguayan game okay we're going deep into the into the catalog here it's called Outlanders. It's called Outlanders. And it's sort of like Sim City or uh it, it, it's a it's a town builder game, is what it is. Okay. It's a town builder game. And this is not a new game. It's not a new game. It, it's several years old. Uh I think it's available on computers as well. But I playing this thing on Apple Arcade, and it's just absolutely charming um it's sort of like 
you so the way I've been playing it is scenarios where you get dropped into sort of an existing settlement and you've got a goal. You know, you need to make a hundred loaves of bread by forty-five days or whatever. And so you've got to, you know, feed all your people. It's not real time, though, right? You know, no, it's not real time. Uh, The days are some sort of analog of of time passage. Does time pass while you're away from the game? Uh, It does not. It's not. Nope. Nope. Yeah, that's right. That's what you were asking. No, it's not real time. Um, Anyway, it's just charming. it's, It's sort of low stakes, but... Also, the mechanics are pretty specific, and you've got to make sure you keep your people fed, and you've got to take care of housing, and people get unhappy if you're not, you know, if they're unhoused or whatever. Um, It's really sort of small scale. Um, you, You know, these developments are anything from five to 50 people, uh, you know, sort of colony size, um, Anyway, you've usually got limited resources and you've got to figure out how to use the resources the best way. I've really, really enjoyed this game. I've, I grew up playing SimCity. Tracks, yep. In particular, SimCity 2000 was the mm-hmm. game that I first played and I was like, this is so cool. I'm enjoying this now in 2022 the same way I enjoyed SimCity 2000 in whatever. 92 or 93 when I was playing that game. The iPhone versions of SimCity have always let me down. Yeah, you know, I think that there was something about that gameplay mechanic that got lost with time, but mm-hmm. you, you know, like other games that have come and gone at this point now, Roller Coaster Tycoon or whatever, right? <sighs> yeah. You get this uh you get this city or town developing anyway it's it's a lot of fun the graphics really fun the artwork looks nice the artwork's beautiful um it's charming and i've just had a ton of fun with it so i've gone through i think eight or nine of these levels they call them which are these simulations there's also a sandbox mode which i haven't played around with too much but looks a little hardcore i think yeah that's my other thing that's a better other thing than a carpet cleaner (laughs) just different Oh, it's better. It's just objectively better. Andrew, we've talked about watches. We've talked about carpet cleaners. We've talked about very, very specific subscription Apple uh, arcade games. Anything else you want to talk about? I think that's it. Well, (laughs) thanks, you guys, for joining us for this episode of 40 and 20 of the Watch Clicker podcast. Make sure you check us out on our website, watchclicker.com. Check out Will's review of the Dietrich SD2. Mm-hmm. Just went up this week. It's really good. You can also check us out on Instagram at WatchClicker or at 40 and 20. It's where we post pictures and announcements of all the things we're doing. If you want to support what we're doing, you can do that at patreon.com slash 40 and 20. Look, that's how we afford the brand new Roadcaster 2 that we're going to have to buy because it was just announced. And all the other stuff we use to make this show great. And don't forget to tune back in next Thursday for another hour of watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Bye-bye. <laughs>